maybe a, a hundred, a hundred and fifty years. It, it was not my, my intention. That this is not some kind of stunt um, to turn <laughs> off the power to try to you know recreate uh, that kind of a time. But yet it, it is a little interesting. For it seems our theology has changed over time. It seems that really the foundational message that our grandparents received and tried to pass on to us has become somewhat different. And as I was thinking about this, I began to wonder, is it perhaps because of all the advantages we have today? You know, our, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, you know, if, if their children became sick, they often died. Right? It was pretty common to hear of, of families that had, you know, perhaps 12 children, but only eight of them remained. In those days, it was more natural to depend upon the Lord our God. Faced with the weather patterns that no one could really predict, faced with great illnesses that no one really had a, a cure for, faced with great catastrophes where the government didn't swoop in and, and take care of things, left only to small communities left only to that word of God and that faith in God, people kind of had a different perspective. And so reaching back in time, going back to those days, I came upon a kind of simple analogy is something that a parent would share with their child, something that pastors commonly shared with their congregations, and it goes just like this. When you were a little child, you could be walking hand in hand with your mother or father, and even though your mother or father was very vigilant, and even though they had great concern for your safety, you could have slipped and fallen. Even though your mom and dad was right there. Even though they had your best interest at heart. And having slipped and fallen, what would your mother, your father then do? Well, they would pick you up out of the dust, right? <coughs> and they would brush you off. If you had skinned your, your knee or even broken your arm, they would seek the best medical attention possible. They would weep with you as you wept. They would try to the best of their ability to heal you once again. They would walk with you through that entire process. They would love you with a great love in their heart. And dear friends, a hundred and fifty years ago at least, that is what we were told 
God is light. Not that somehow God planned for you to slip and fall and be injured so you could learn something. Not that it was somehow part of God's plan that these things would happen to us. And certainly not it was some form of God's punishment because He really wanted us to learn a lesson. But rather, that beautiful concept of a loving God who walks beside us who experiences life just as we do, who weeps as we weep, who longs to comfort us when we're hurting, who picks us up from the dust once again, who heals us, who walks with us through those trying times, who always loves. Uh, dear friends, that is the God our grandparents grew up with. But now the God of this age, we are told, well, you know, he, his, his ways are higher than our ways. Yeah, we've heard that. And so whenever something terrible happens, we automatically think, wow, maybe I can't understand it, but it must be part of God's plan. Right? We've heard that. And I believe it is because we ourselves have come to have so much more control over things, right? If our children get sick, now we can take them to the doctor. We have a high chance that our children will be healed. Maybe they just need a shot. Maybe they just need some antibiotics. We don't have to really pray about it. We don't have to ask God to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Rather, we just have to pull out our credit card. Charge it. Take some medicine. Get better. Gather my friends and neighbors on social media and a protest. You see, we live in an age when we believe we have control. And so therefore we attribute that to our God as well. We say within our hearts, well, God must be planning this for something. If I could just understand, if I could just put it together, if I could just refrain from a, a certain sin, if I just knew what it was, then I can make it work again. But dear friends, the fundamental sin was the sin that Adam and Eve created. The fundamental thing that happened in this world was that God gave the world to Adam and to Eve. 
He gave it into their hands. He said to them, go and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature. He said to them, the world is your precious gift. It belongs to you. And Adam and Eve fell into sin. Really, this was the first great destruction of our planet. Because the Lord God tells us that things changed from that time. There used to be a wonderful mist that went up from the ground and watered all the plants of the garden. And Adam and Eve didn't have to worry about irrigation. They didn't have to worry about bad weather patterns. They didn't have to worry about wild animals attacking them. For they were at peace. They had a beautiful life, a beautiful world to live in. And then came the sin. And then came, yes, the changes. And now we know that from the sweat of our brow we must earn our living. And now we know that there will be conflict and there will be consequence. Now we know that, yes, wild animals can be dangerous. Now we understand that we must work so very hard. And perhaps not even achieve a good outcome. Now there are times we can try our very best and it doesn't work out. And we become discouraged. Now there are days when people intentionally sin against us. And what can we do? Where can we go for protection? You see, God loved us so very much, He gave a choice. Now think about that. God with His infinite power simply could have made a bunch of little androids, right? He could have programmed our minds to do just exactly what He wanted to do. He could have, you know, wound us up like those old wind-up toys and set us loose upon this world. We could just go about doing everything that God desires all the time, every day, without failure. And if we were built that way, how could we Love. It would just be our programming, acting. It would just be the thing God created doing exactly what God wanted it to do exactly when He wanted us to do it. There can really be no love in that kind of relationship. 
Right? You know, sometimes we hear you know terrible stories about people who are kidnapped and they're imprisoned in the basement of someone else's home. Right? They have to live out their, their life in chains, perhaps. And yes, even there's some psychological syndromes where the, the victim of, of such a crime can come to feel so helpless that they no longer rebel and they no longer seek their freedom because they're so used to being a prisoner. They learn to be helpless. And so even then when the chains are removed and even then when some freedom is returned, the person remains in that condition because they don't have the strength of will to break out again. But that's the opposite of love, isn't it? And so God so loved us that He gave to each and every single person a choice. Will we seek God in return? Or will we shut Him out of our lives? Our forefathers, they understood that, didn't they? Our grandmas, our grandpas, they knew that in this sinful world there was a lot of trouble. That in this, yes, terrible place where our children could grow sick and die, where we could lose our farms overnight, where there was no insurance, where there was no neighbor to care for us, where there was very little to be counted on. That God was always there. And that God was always loving. And that God did not place upon us more than we could bear. But rather, God was the one to whom we turned. And he was that loving parent that even though we were right at his side when we tripped and fell, he cried for us. He picked us up. He brushed us off. He healed our wounds. He helped us to go on. He helped us face tomorrow. He remained at our sides as, yes, our children died. He remained with our hand in His as we buried our loved ones. He carried us through days of great despair and he always, always loves us. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.